Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Kendrashypnosis.com. That's where you got to go. Yeah, we're joined live here on the Zoomcast and podcast with Kendra Wilson. So excited to have her here as an IHF certified hypnotist. And also, um, she's an intuitive. <laughs> There's a lot to her. She's here today to talk more about the work she does, the clarity here uh, she can help you with. And hey, we're also going to take some calls if you want a reading. So please introduce yourself to start, Kendra. Thank you so much, Jill. My name is Kendra Wilson. You can find me on hypnosis.com or Facebook. My business name is New Heights Hypnosis. I'm also on Instagram, so you can check me out there. Um, so in the this is our fifth show, kind of capping off our little series that we've done. And I realize there might be people listening who have no idea who I am and who have not followed every show, and that's okay. Exactly. That's how we always do a recap. Absolutely. Reintroduction, we'll call it. Yeah, so my first show was pretty much about my story about how I was diagnosed with incurable illness, even terminal illness, and I was homeless for a brief period of time, and I've completely turned my life around. I do a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and meditations, and as a hypnotist, I also do my own version of past life regression. It kind of takes people a little bit beyond. I moved to that space after death of the lifetime that might be the root cause of the problem, and then kind of ask for the lesson of that lifetime from that space with what I call the Ascended Masters. And I know Dr. Brian Weiss uses that term as well. He's one of my big inspirations for the past life regressions. And um, I'm basically living the best life I could have ever dreamed of now from, you know, going from nothing to literally everything. <laughs> so I, I also do quantum coaching. I do a lot of quantum physics work. I'm getting my master's degree in consciousness and human potential, which is a lot of quantum physics and neuroscience. So I apply those concepts in everything that I do. I'm also very intuitive. I do a lot of soul work, intuitive work. I can read people with permission. And what that is, is to take the woo-woo out of it, like I've explained in other shows, is that everything is energy. Every All energy is filled with frequency, just like tuning into a radio. And all frequency carries information, like when you tune into a radio, that each station is its own information. And so I just, I meditate a lot and I have the ability to see that information. So I'm seeing potentials in the quantum field and what that quantum or unified field is for anybody who's like, what is this crazy stuff you're talking about? Is that space when we close our eyes and we tune out of the world of the senses and transcend beyond all thought to that space of nothingness, which is where everything exists. And it is that space of the unified field where it's rich in frequency. It's filled with unlimited potentials. That's where all life is created from. These little super strings vibrate and emerge from this unified field and turn into life and matter and all these things. So we can create matter from energy when we're conscious with our intention. And so it is easy for me to see an individual, to close my eyes and say their name if I'm not seeing them in person and just tune into any messages that might be out there for them or if they have specific questions, I can get answers for them. And it's not the answer by any means. It might be the best answer, the answer that's in their highest good, but there are literally unlimited potential. I could say billions, but it's more than that. There are so many different ways to get there or you can choose not to at all. You know, we do have that beautiful free will. And so, of course, a lot of what I do is getting people out of their own way <laughs> because that's how I healed myself and getting people into their heart space because the message that I always 
do my best to drive home with people is that my healing didn't happen from visualizing running marathons or making millions of dollars. My healing happened when I stopped caring about that outcome and started focusing on being the best mother I could be to my six-year-old, now six-year-old daughter at the time. She's a little younger. And, you know, being the best person in the world and my health happened effortlessly. My wealth happened effortlessly after that. I just started... I started every meditation with show me, you know, talking to the the quantum, the unified field, show me who I'm being in the world to create this and show me how to be more love, how to open my heart. As a result, my life got better. And so that's the approach I take when it comes to coaching people. And as a coach, how can we reach you, find out more information? Absolutely. At Kendra'sHypnosis.com. My business name is New Heights Hypnosis and I'm in Denver, Colorado, but I have clients all over the world so feel free to reach out perfect and what did you have in mind for us today what would you like to share with everyone so I realize I talk a lot about these really deep abstract concepts and I have probably neglected in several shows to talk about what hypnosis actually is I've talked about past life regressions. so <laughs> I study actual consciousness in my master's program that I'm almost finished with and I'd like to just talk about how some of the basic foundational fundamental parts of this because we have to start somewhere (laughs) before we dive into the deep stuff so a lot of people don't know what hypnosis is they come to me and they'll say I don't know if I can be hypnotized and I'm like actually hypnosis is a natural brainwave state we have like right now we're probably in maybe a low level beta brainwave state which is like focused we're engaged in conversation we're listening we're learning If we're really stressed, we're in high beta, which is when, you know, we can't sustain that for long periods of time. No living creature can. We're not designed to be that way. We're designed, you know, to run, fight, hide. And and then we need that recovery period. But when we are in that run, fight, hide state of high beta all the time because of work, because of daily stresses, poverty, single parenting, whatever the case may be, disease, we don't have that recovery period and then our body starts to deteriorate and that's that's what happened to me and so that's a high beta brainwave state most people we can't sustain that long term nobody can and we need to get out of that so and and then there are also like elevated states of gamma which are really really high uh dr joe dispenza has a really great explanation for high gamma that happens during meditation which is like a supernatural state it's really good it's healing um i don't really spend a lot of time in that space, but it can happen to people in meditation and healing sessions and so on. Then when we start to meditate, when we go into hypnosis, when we watch TV, when we're driving and we're spacing out, we go into that alpha brainwave state. And that's that kind of sweet spot where we're really relaxed, just kind of flowing. We're not stressed about anything. We're really like almost a little sleepy. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and right before we fall asleep, we kind of go into that lower alpha brain and then we get a lot sleepier and then we go into theta and then when we're asleep it's delta which is you know deep sleep so in meditation we're kind of in that alpha theta state in hypnosis i just basically bore people to death <laughs> and get them to go into that relaxed brainwave state so when you are in hypnosis you are completely in control a lot of people have that fear like are you going to make me quack like a duck or give you my yeah. bank account in- <laughs> like, no but i'll take it no. <laughs> <laughs> if i i wouldn't i have a lot of integrity but even if i made that suggestion yes. in hypnosis 
unless the person wanted to do it all they they just open their eyes and be like i'm done with this because if i'm not speaking to a person that's why consultations are consultations are important yeah because i need to know how people reciprocate and receive energy so if i don't know that and i'm speaking to them in a way in hypnosis that they are not receptive then there it's not i mean it'll still be effective to some degree but it can be a whole lot more effective and so if i make a suggestion in hypnosis that does not resonate with my client mm-hmm. they're going to rise and get up and walk out the door i mean that's never happened you know but just so people understand it's not this big scary thing where you're not in control you're going to feel tired but you are always in control i'm going to be asking you questions you're responding and some people don't remember because they're just in such a deep, tired state, but they're like, oh, yeah, I heard, I felt my voice, and I'll record it for them if they're in person, um, you know, and it really helps them to integrate it. And a lot of people just think they fell asleep if I make them a recording, which a lot of people like to have in today's virtual society. I can make someone a recording that they can listen to every night before they go to bed or in the morning, whenever they want, you know, and it really helps reprogram the brain to what you want it to be but again at the end of the day I I don't have any magic buttons hypnosis is very powerful and effective medical doctors support it I you know I I was going for a test one I'm just um I signed up for this study where they put a camera up your nose and watch your vocal cords while you run on a treadmill it's Ah. uh, I mean into weird stuff here but they when I was I was really sick though and they wanted to at the time I couldn't even barely walk so they wanted to measure some things and I said can I make myself a hypnosis recording so that I don't need you know for when you put a camera up my nose I'm a little nervous about that and they said no yeah because yeah Hypnosis is so powerful, it might alter the results if there is something pathological or physiological. Yeah, and that was at National Jewish here in Denver. It's one of the leading respiratory hospitals, and they acknowledge that hypnosis is really powerful. So, you know, doctors use this. Um, It helps people recover faster from surgery. It helps. I have a lot of, I'm into marathon running. Ultra marathon running is my next goal where you run, you know, more than 50Ks. My goal is to run 100 miles because why not go from bedridden to running 100 miles? Like, how cool is that? (laughs) And I just love running. It's my, I I don't drink or do drugs or anything, but I joke that running is my drug of choice. And so I... I have a lot of clients who are ultra marathon runners because it helps them achieve their goals a lot mm-hmm. faster. And I even have a few clients who are physicians, medical doctors. Um, for when they do their boards and stuff, it really helps them to unravel test anxiety. And they always report back. I've probably posted on my New Heights Hypnosis Facebook page some of their, you know, I block out their name but it went and get their permission. But they've said, I scored the best on my test on my boards than I ever have before. So, you know, whatever you're doing works. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And by the way, do you want to let everyone know that the phone lines are open? So if someone does have any questions as we continue here, I know you're interested in doing uh, readings for uh, people that call in, right? So anyone can call 631-205-6605-631-205-6605, just in case you're interested. Go ahead, hon. You're welcome. And with things I do, I do a lot of soul work with people. I do uh, pr- probably just as much soul work as I do hypnotherapy work because I think that 
feeling that wholeness and oneness in yourself is really critical to any journey, especially when I'm working with clients with regard to addiction, because hypnosis is really powerful, but so can the soul work that I do. I do what's called soul retrieval, and what that is is I'll get into a deep meditative state, and then I ask on behalf of my client, and I do most of my work remote, but I, I, I do see a people in person here in Denver or when I travel people just tend to flock to me for this work and I ask on their be I clear them energetically just removing anything in the quantum field that does not belong to them or serve their highest good we carry energy that's a real measurable thing and that shows up as stress or disease and I'm not saying I can get rid of that by any means but I can give you the tools you need to help you heal your body And then I ask for soul parts that you might have left in a past experience in life, perhaps a moment of trauma. And I I can't bring back any trauma or any memories of trauma by any means. But I usually ask for my clients to not tell me anything about their lives if they're a new client so that it really shows them that what I do is real because I have no way of knowing this information whatsoever. I don't want their social media, you know, I won't friend them or anything like I just I want to just a name that's it. And then when I give them their response, okay, I found this soul part, it was this age and it left because of this and here's the gift that it's returning. And then I bring those soul parts back to the individual. And it really I mean in I've been doing this work for about fifteen years with soul work and For a long time, it was just word of mouth, and I've always been very consistent because it was just too weird for people to accept, I thought. But, I mean, this is the work that people are craving and asking for, and from a quantum physics perspective, it just really makes sense. There's no separation in time or space, so it's easy for me. I've always been intuitive my whole life, but, again, I think I just have a little bit different energy and consciousness in my brain and body and existence and I maybe was born a little bit more aware of things I didn't forget like a lot of people tend to so when I see these pieces in the quantum field it's easy for me to bring them back gently I only ask for soul parts who are ready and willing to come back for whatever my client needs for their highest good or life purpose and soul mission I don't bring things back that aren't ready or that my client might not be emotionally ready for even if it's a good thing you can still have too much of a good thing or you know, with regard to removing energetic stuff, it's almost as if, like if you've had a splinter for three or four years, eventually it gets comfortable. And then when you rip it out or have the doctor remove it, it hurts really bad and you got to put love into it. And so it's kind of the same way with energy work. When I remove things that no longer serve people's highest good, I, I fill them with their own soul parts. And I also am constantly just connecting with, with the source of love and and singing and filling that person with love, I think that's really important. And I know this might be a bit abstract for a lot of people, but I think the world that we live in now, people are really ready for this stuff as well. So I'm more comfortable speaking about it and sharing that gift as well. And and again, with the readings that I do, if anybody is listening and wants to call in, I just ask for your first and last name. I don't need your last name if you're not comfortable with it. I can get any information from anyone, but you know, I just ask for any messages or if you have an intention in your heart, you can share that, but you don't have to. So I can do very vague things with knowing minimal information for people and still give a really good reading for someone. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've done that before for us here live on the show. So again, we ask anyone that doesn't want to call in, feel free, uh, 631, no pressure, but come on, let's let's do some calls here. 205-6605-631-205-6605. Okay, wow. What else is next on tap for today? Do you mind if I take a sip of my water? So thirsty today. 
<laughs> yes, it's been hot out. I think everybody's experiencing this heat wave. <laughs> it is. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> I think a message that I have for people that's kind of come up in is, and it comes up with regard to politics, with day-to-day life, I'm really big on getting uncomfortable in order to heal. Because when we're stuck in our comfort zones, we don't really grow much. And it's we have to mess up our lives if we're in a really good place to get uncomfortable. But, you know, I do encourage a healthy meditation practice. Well, I love Joe Dispenza's work. I will always encourage Dr. Joe's work. He's great. Get to his retreats if you have an opportunity in your life. It'll, it'll change your, your life in every way in ways that you could never imagine or expect. But I a lot of things that have been coming up are when I was really sick and I made myself a professional victim, I created it. And when I owned that, I got better. But I I would feel triggered all the time. And I mean, it was a chronic state of being a victim. So everything everyone did, whether it had anything to do with me, I felt triggered and I wasn't consciously aware of it. You know, we have 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of habitual subconscious habits and beliefs that we're not even aware of. So again, everything I do supports changing that and opening your awareness so you're using more than 5% of your mind, of your brain, so that you can become more conscious than just 5% all the time and see these things. And as I began to meditate, do hypnotherapy, I started seeing who I was being in the world and I was appalled. Uh (laughs) But you know, we have to also meet ourselves with we are all doing the best we have with what we think we have available and what we think we know, which we know everything if we can open up our awareness. But, you know, day by day, bit by bit, piece by piece, slowly, slow unraveling process. But there, I went, when I started to heal and now on the other side of things, I still get up every day and meditate. I still meditate for an hour or two before bed or an hour and an hour or two in the morning. I do breath work. It's, it's every day of my life. You know, monks don't learn to levitate and stop meditating, you know, they keep going. So I think it's really important. It's, it's just, it's like breathing for me. It's like eating. It's, you know, it's just, it's not a question. It's just what I do with my life. And I start seeing things that I used to be triggered by. And when I, as can you give me an example, like for what, if you don't mind sharing? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I think being a single mother, I had a lot of triggers around that. A lot of, um, you know, misogyny in the world, the weight that women bear in the world, and how it's just a subconscious expectation that women should carry the weight of the world. Um, some things that I have even recently been triggered by is like the expectation of women who have to take birth control. And, you know, we, we get sick, we have to pay for it. It makes us bloated or even gain weight and get acne and hormonally like angry and frustrated all the time and mentally not okay and we're just it's just like we're just expected to be the ones to do that when like yeah vasectomy might not be cheap but it's fairly simple for surgeons and it's reversible and it's like why why do we always have to do the hard work you know like why why? so things like that yeah And I, I feel I used to feel a lot, real, a lot of passion about that. Things about the environment, how wasteful humans are. You know, I love the earth, but again, if I want to change any of those things, I have to do the work on myself first. It starts within, and if I can get people to work on themselves, all of those things change side effect as we move into our hearts. And I know that. But what I learned from the gift, for me, it's the gift of triggers. Okay. It's when we are triggered by something, it's our gift. It may not be 
pretty gift or a fun gift that we might want, but it shows us the parts of our lives where we are not free. And that, if you're not in the right state of mind, that in itself can feel triggering. <laughs> I know if I would have said that to my own self maybe three years ago, I would have been like losing it. I would have been triggered by it, but it really is true. And so nowadays when I get triggered by something or if I'm dating and my partner does something that feels uncomfortable to me and I'm like, okay, what am I, how can I lean into this and be the, the objective observer? How can I lean into this with compassion for my own self and for the other person and, and learn from it? And how can I grow from this discomfort? Like, is, is this trigger because I lacked setting a healthy boundary? Is this trigger because I'm not respecting someone else's boundary and I'm just not even aware of that? You know, where am I at? And I like to meditate on those triggers when they come up and just really sit in that fire and be with that discomfort. And even even when I was still healing and I would get random weird symptoms that would show up, I would ask myself, okay, I'm feeling triggered. I'm scared that I'm going to end up bedridden again. And how can I lean into this discomfort, this symptom, and learn from it rather than buying into it and focusing on all the bad parts and just expand my awareness outside of this one small thing and realize that, you know, we are all energy. We are so much more than these human bodies. And when I can get beyond that, transcend that, the symptom goes away. You know, I, I resonate with the trigger. I learn from it. So whatever it is, I think it's really important you know, if you're able to, I, I realize not everybody has good mental health nowadays, and I, I have respect and empathy for that. But if you're listening and if you're able to lean into the things that you find triggering and ask resourceful questions like, what can I learn from this? And obviously, if I'm triggered, I'm not free here. And how can I free myself from this as a gentle, loving, compassionate observer? rather than buying into the trigger and going into that emotional spiral. And, and you know, and if that happens, that's okay. I don't tell people not to feel their emotions. I mean, emotions are a gift. We have a broad spectrum of them. I think that humans predominantly feel a lot of the more challenging emotions more often because we're in that high-level, stressed-out, fight-or-flight state most of the time. But with All the time. <laughs> Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so when we can wind that down and just sit with it, and, and again, that healthy meditation practice is really critical. If you don't have time, that means you need it even more because I was that person. Like, I'm too, I don't have time. I'm too sick. I'm too busy. And it's like, no, you just, you make time. It's it's just, you have to. It's part of your, it's part of life. <laughs> and when we can lean into that and learn from it, it really opens us up to a more gentler space. And and again, I don't I don't tell people not to react, but it's like, okay, but for how long? Yeah. How long you know, how long are you gonna keep telling that story? The stories we tell ourselves are really important, you know. It's like are you gonna keep telling the story that you're a victim to this trigger or are you gonna lean into it, learn from it, trans it, grow from it and, you know, do whatever you need to do to change it because we're in control yeah. and when we respond to things outside of and it can be really challenging. I mean, there are times when we have no choice but, you know, to be in that fight or flight mode to respond to our body or our environment or our time and all those things that we hyper fixate on, like Joe Dispenza talks about when we're stressed. But when we can transcend that and realize that inside, nothing can change me, not even death. Like, I am this whole body of energetic 
frequency and energy, then I, you know, it helps bring me back to center and remember that this thing might be triggering, but I'm so much more than that thing. And it's really just this big. And if I react this big, then I've just made this, this big also. And so it really, it can change your life. And it doesn't mean the thing you're reacting to is, you know, we can make everything valid, but by spiraling and making it bigger, we're only hurting ourselves. And I have to ask myself, you know, whether it was my daughter throwing tantrums or whatever it is, like, is this healthy for me? Is this loving for me? You know, and how can I love myself more and transcend beyond these challenging emotions and move into a space of love? How can I get down on one knee and and really put myself in her shoes and love her more because that's all she really needs and that's what I want to give her when I can get over the the stress and frustration and anger and you know meditation helps get there easier (laughs) it does it does my goodness we only have uh, three minutes left in the show Kendra Um, and unfortunately no one's called or fortunately it's what's meant to be here in the cards Um, what else did you want to add to this about you and about someone who works with you what can they expect I think that, you know, I will never just say it's going to be, your life's going to get great right away. I'm a very honest person and integrity is important. Healing might not be pretty. For some people it might be. Yeah, you might just go from where you are to where you want to be and that's wonderful. But if I could go back and change my life and make it easy, I wouldn't because I wouldn't be the person I am today. And every horrible, awful disease or, or awful thing that happened to me was a gift and I can I can offer that to people. I can show you how to do that for your own self. It's nothing I can do for you, but I can help you feel empowered, with, whether it's through hypnosis or soul work or meditation. There are so many avenues to get there, but the biggest avenue is your own heart. And so just helping people and my clients to get into their heart and open their heart so that everything they could ever dream of comes to them, which in a way that feels effortless. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kendra Wilson. How do we reach you again? Kendra's hypnosis.com, New Heights Hypnosis for Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me at New Heights Hypnosis at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you back as always, and hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for enlightening us today. <sighs> Makes me think about a lot of things. <laughs> I hope a lot of it, yes, it resonates with. Thank you again. Thanks, Jill. Reach out for a session anytime. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I should take you up on that. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.